blossom underneath the cloudless sky And I'm drinking at the fountain that never shall run dry Oh yes, I'm feasting on the manna from a bountiful supply Oh, I am dwelling now for Sounds from Beulah Land, sponsored by Beulah Land Baptist Church under the direction of Dr. Leroy Howe, Senior Pastor. The church is located quarter mile west of 59 on Highway 96 in Queen City, Texas. Here is Dr. Howe. Thank you, Michael. Good morning, radio friends. We're certainly glad you're tuned in today and we come to you in the name of our blessed Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The greatest name that we know anything about and any other, anyone else knows anything about. A name that's above every name. A name whereby uh, someday every knee shall bow. And before him every tongue shall confess that he is Christ the Lord. I'm glad that I've learned to do that uh, now while we live and, and able to enjoy him. We'd like to remind you about the party. That's going on at Beulah Land Baptist Church tomorrow. That's the 25th of December. That's a birthday party. Uh, we're having a birthday party for Jesus. We're going to go together and get together. We're going to sing, pray, and preach, and teach, and, and uh, worship the Lord. Because after all, he is the one who's made it possible. Uh, without him, we would not really have Christmas. He is the spirit of Christmas. If you don't have Jesus, you're not having Christmas, you're just having a festivity. And we'd like to invite those of you who are not going to have services in the morning to come worship with us. We'll be glad to have you. Our former youth pastor, Brother Kevin Firm, his wife and little girl, are going to be with us Sunday morning. For this, we're grateful. They're not having service in their church in the Queen, Arkansas. And so uh, they're coming and be with us Sunday morning. So we're looking forward to seeing them. Now, there'll be a number of our folks who have to go out of town and will go out of town uh, for uh, this Christmas to get with their friends and loved ones. They couldn't go after having services. But uh, there'll be a number of us still there, and so we're going to have uh, our regular service a Sunday morning. And then, of course, I, me and my wife will be leaving, going to Nash in Edge of Texas, Canada, to be with all of our children and grandchildren. We meet there. Uh, for the last year now at my oldest daughter's house. And so we'll be going there immediately after church Sunday morning. And so uh, we pray that the Lord will bless you. We, we thank those of you in Radio Land who have sent us cards, uh, uh, Christmas cards especially. 
We certainly appreciate Robert and his wife sending us a beautiful Christmas card and thanks to us for the services, our blessings we may have been to them. And we've given all the glory to the Lord Jesus, but we're glad we could be blessings to folks. And we pray for Robert, you and your family, and Brother Dave and your family, and Randy and family, and those who I may not know. I pray that you'll have a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year's and a very prosperous 2006 year. And so I, we're grateful that it's possible that we can go out over the radio airs and reach folks uh, that uh, need to be saved and those of God's children need an encouragement. We're grateful that you have made it possible that we could do this. And so for this, we say thank you. Well, let's listen to a song now, and we're getting the message the Lord's put on our hearts for today. dear for that song I thank the Lord for those great old Christmas songs we've sung through the years learned those songs and sang them back when I was just a little boy and they still seem as good and thrill our hearts as much today even as they then uh, did back then we'd like to call your attention one more time I'm excited all these years that I have preached and along this time each year and told the Christmas story, I be beloved, it has never gotten old. And I'm as excited and touched deep down in my heart today as ever before to get to tell it one more time about the birth of our blessed Lord. 
We're going to read this morning out of the book of Luke chapter 2. Probably going to read about the first 13 verses if you'll listen with us. As we read, here's what it says. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one unto his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because there was, uh, there was of the house and the lineage of David to be taxed with Mary as a spouse wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings, of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God, in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Hallelujah. I tell you, that ought to thrill your hearts to hear that story read one more time from the Word of God about our blessed Savior. But as exciting as it might be, you know, we use the expression sometimes it's bittersweet, meaning some stories that we tell and some things that happened uh, have its bitter parts and then it has its sweet parts. As I read this story this morning, my heart is leached with joy deep down inside. But then at the same time, my, uh, my eyes begin to turn to tears when I think of what actually happened that day on recepting of the recipients of the blessed Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because I believe it's in about the 11th, the seventh verse, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. I know it says them, but we're talking about today uh, Jesus for the main part. Uh, you know, that's the, the bitter part about it. The joy is that Jesus was born. The sad part about it is that they did not receive him and did not have room for him in the end that night when Jesus was to be born. There was no room in the end for Jesus. I would like to talk to you today and asking this question, 
Is there any room for Jesus in your heart? Sun, uh, come Sunday morning, which is Christmas Day, the day that we have uh, come to celebrate the birth of our blessed Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Come Sunday morning when all the gifts are opened and all the presents are given out, uh, or before the, they're taken from under the tree, I wonder if there'll be any room for Jesus in under the tree. I wonder if maybe we could imagine a post outside or with a billboard on it. Uh, would it read, uh, come Sunday morning, the birth of our Lord Jesus? Uh, would it be, happy birthday, Jesus? Welcome to our house. Or would the sign read, you're not welcome, stay in the stable. Go back to the barn. Go back to the animals. Think about it, beloved. This is serious business we're dealing with. There was no room in the inn for Jesus. You know, we find that at his birth, they didn't receive him as they should, as they ought to. There was no room for him. He was born in a manger, no place to lay his head. But you know, I find that Jesus said that not only was there not a, a decent place for him to lay his head the night he was born, but even in his adulthood as he preached and ministered across the country, he said to those he ministered to that, you know, that the fox have holes in which to sleep in the den and to raise their young. But the Son of Man has not no certain dwelling place or place to lay his head. You know, it seems like that uh, having no room for Jesus has sort of been a continual thing, hasn't it? Not only was there no room for Jesus at his birth, there was not much room for many for most folks during his ministry on earth. Yes, for a little while, there were great multitudes that followed Jesus. And you know, people do get excited about Jesus for a little while, but you know, not many really stand faithful to the Lord. But I'm glad there's some. I'm glad some of you in Radio Land are listening to me today. You've been faithfully as best you knew how by the guidance and the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. You walked faithfully for God. You stayed in the church. You witnessed. You testified. You give and send money to missions. And you reached and touched folks for the cause of Christ. I know there's a great number of those that are listening to me today, but there are some that have not given anything to the cause of Christ. They don't even know him as Savior. So there was no place to lay his head, even in his adult years as he ministered. Then we find that there's no room for him uh, in, in this day. You know, someone say back then, I, I like to think of it about like this. Uh, you know, they were heartless, wasn't they? Here's a little lady and her husband that they can see, very well see, that this little lady is about to deliver. And to them, she's a stranger. And they did not have room. They were not touched by a little girl that's about to give birth to a child. You know, I, I can just imagine in our day today, seemingly like, if there's someone knock on my door tonight or tomorrow, and show me the evidence that they could show and could start to tell me uh, that, you know, they had no place. I don't know just what I would do, but I believe that I'd open my door to some degree. 
I may not be able to say, come in, I have a bed. I'll take care of you till this thing is all over. But I believe I could begin a operation, uh, you know, a, a, a program, get some people together. And I believe pretty soon I could have some help. I believe I could find a good, nice, decent place for her to go and for her to deliver this child. You know, I just don't believe our society seemed to me like would be that heartless. But nevertheless, they were heartless. Here's a lady, uh, a man's wife, that's about to deliver a child, and they don't have room. They're not touched and want to take her in out of the cold into the house and give her shelter. There was no Goodwill stores back then, you know. And you know what? There was no welfare program. We live in America today where many a mother who was not able to have a place in the hospital, did not have insurance and had, did not have money, could go and deliver a child. The government has taken care of welfare, but there was none of that back then. And you know there's medicines and, and there's uh, warmth and there's heat and, and there's a nice bed that they can lap on while they deliver their child. But there was none of this. And so we think, man, they were cold-hearted, were they not? But you know what? They didn't know this was the Son of God. They didn't know that it was Jesus who was to be born. And this was Mary, the one that God had chose to be the mother of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know that. So when we really realized that they didn't know that, you know, we might sort of excuse them to some degree. But you know, the sad part about it is, but it's not the case with us today. Because if we are halfway intelligent in our land today, we know who this Jesus is, or at least we could find out if we wanted to. If we wanted to know who Jesus is, Jesus is available. We hear about him on the radio. We hear about him on the television. We hear about him in the newspaper. There's churches on every corner. And there's, you know, there's... People that are out there putting out gospel tracts. So we're living in a land today that people cannot say, I don't know who Jesus is, but you know what? They didn't know who he was, and they had no room for him. So it looks to me like, hey, we might be in our land today just about as cold-hearted as they were. Maybe surpass their coldness because, as I said, we know who he is, and we still don't love him. Many folks, you're listening to me in Radio Land, I'm not trying to chew on you, but I'm telling you the facts. There are folks who are listening to me this morning. You know, you say you know who Jesus is, and I don't doubt that you don't know who he is. I believe that you do. But you know what? Many of you never go to his house. You never pick up the Bible and read about him. You never bow your head and honestly pray to him unless you are in trouble, unless you need something. Jesus has sort of become the spare tire for a lot of folks. You see, we drive down the highway at the speed, whatever we might travel, with four good tires, and as long as they've got good air. We don't worry about it, you know. But if that one tire goes 
goes bad, then we hope and pray we've got an extra back in the turtle hull. That's sort of the way some of us treat in Jesus in these days. We'll go on as long as we can without him, but we hope he'll be there if we need him. But many of us today are heartless, and we're cold-hearted, you know, uh, and as they were, or maybe even more so, because we know who Jesus is, at least if we really want to. But we talked about there was no room for Jesus uh, in the end at his birth, and we've also mentioned that there was no, really no room for Jesus in his earthly ministry. Now, I do know that he healed a lot of folks. I do know that there was a lot of folks that come when they were hungry, and he fed them. But I also know that they said, and when it come down to the end, uh, Pilate asked them, what would they do with Jesus? Do you know what they said, don't you? They said, crucify him, crucify him, away with him. We don't want him. We want Barabbas. In other words, we want our worldly way of life. Jesus has messed up our little program. Jesus has, uh, you know, and they said, away with him. And so they took him by night to court uh, to try to get something against him so they could hang him to an old cruel cross. And so they hung him on a cruel cross. They took him up Golgotha Hill, nailed him on a cross, and put him in a borrowed tomb. So you see, not only was there no room for Jesus in, at his birth, there was not room for him in his life as he lived for the most part. There was no room for him. I wonder if there's any room for him today. Well, we hear a lot of things about what's going on in our government these days, don't we? Our government seems are trying to push him out. They're trying to take prayer, anything that has to do with Jesus, the Lord Jesus or God or our faith in him. The, the government, many in the government is trying to push him out. We don't have the liberty to sing carols in our schools and pray and have a chapel services like we used to. So there's not a lot of room for Jesus in our government today. Not a lot of room, as I've already mentioned, in our schools. Not a lot of room in our homes. Someone said the only reason that they got prayer and the Bible and Jesus out of the school is because they, we put him out of our home, and our homes represents and makes up the schools, and therefore we took him out of our home first. And I'm afraid there may be a lot of truth to this. A lot of folks don't have time for Jesus even in their homes. And, you know, a lot of folks have no control over the home, the school, society, and our government. But you know what? We come right down to an individual. I find a lot of folks today, they don't have room for Jesus. You know, I can't control others. All I can control is myself. I ask myself the question, do I allow Jesus to have place in my heart, in my life? We have very little time for him in the church. You know, I, I'm not against maybe uh, giving out and having at the entrance of our churches when you walk in a bulletin for the day. But you know what I've seen so much? That so many times in some churches, you go to church and they'll give you a bulletin. They'll tell you exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, when it's going to be over with, when they're going to get to go to the house. And I don't really find much room for Jesus in many of the timetables that we have set for Jesus. So we find, well, we have room for Jesus in our work, in our play. Well, you know, a lot of folks work. They don't even think of the Lord. 
They don't, many don't pray. Will we have prayer? Uh, many folks will get together at this season. Supposed to be an honor to the Lord Jesus. They'll call it his birthday. They'll have a big eating together. And you know what? They'll dive in and never stop and give thanks to the glory of God. And for making it possible they could have the food that they have. We find that, they, uh, that we don't have uh, time for Jesus in our places we go. And many times on regular TV. And especially as I do not know anything about the uh, other satellites and about cable. But on just regular uh, home channel TVs today, uh, you know, you just can't watch it if you got a good, clean mind and want to keep it that way. On the what we call the three local stations, it's all I can get on my little antenna. But I tell you what, I just can't listen to much of that. I listen to the news, and that's about it. Have Sky Angel it brings in a lot of, of good programs. A lot of them are not too good. They call them religious, but nevertheless, that's. Uh, I, but there are some good programs, but for the most part, our television waves is wicked, and it's taught our boys and girls to disobey their parents and to steal and, and, and to uh, commit all kinds of sin, to beat and to tear down other folks' property. And so we've got time for the ball games. I'll tell you what, thousands, near hundreds of thousands of folks will gather on the Lord's Day in a stadium someplace. Uh, you know, to see a ball game and to hoop and to holler. Uh, now, I'm not all that much against that to some degree, but when you've taken God's day, and many have never gone, uh, did not go to God's house that morning before they left to, to worship Him first. They didn't have time to do that. They was on the road to get to the ball game. I'm just asking, do you have time for Jesus? Do you have Jesus, time for Jesus? I know a lot of folks that have time for their drinking. They'll have time for a lot of things, but they won't have time for Jesus. Folks that have had room in, in him, had room in him for salvation, have no room in service. I hear a lot of folks today, yes, bro, hell, I'm saved. And they can tell me about an experience they had with the Lord. Sounds to me like salvation. But, you know, they say they're saved, but they're not serving and honoring the Lord, the one who saved them. They have no room for him in service and working. And doing the things that need to be done for the glory of God. Getting out the gospel that others might know. And so uh, we, uh, they will not do many things to get together for others that they might know the way. They have no room for him in the church programs, our forms, and, and things have already mentioned that. Cold and different. I find some uh, have room for Jesus. You know, there are some that did. We read about Paul. Oh, I think of him. What a great soldier he was. Paul had room and time for Jesus. The blind man, you remember, uh, who could not see? Jesus passed his time, his way that day and opened his eyes. And he had time for Jesus. Find also that uh, the woman at the well. Oh, what a sinner she was. Oh, she was immoral. She had had five husbands. And now she's living with one she's not married to. But you know what? When Jesus told her who he was, he had time for her. Ah, what a story. What a story. The lady at the well had time for Jesus. Do you remember the time that you took time for Jesus? You took time to let Jesus into your heart and save you? You know, I believe every person who's been genuine, saved, born again, can tell 
when it happened. I don't mean you have to remember it's 1935 at July the 5th at 7.30 Wednesday night. I'm not talking about it like that time-wise, but I believe if Jesus ever took up a boat in your heart, I believe you'll know it. I really do. I've experienced this down through the years. So we find that there are those who know him for salvation, but they don't want to serve him. But I'm glad that these did serve the Lord. They really did. And on and on we could go if time would permit. Many people are out to get all they can get. They give nothing in return. They have a good talent, but they don't give it to God. They have opportunity to go to church, but they won't go. And so many, many, many. Someday Jesus will not have time for us if we do not have time for him now. As I come to the close of this broadcast today, my heart goes out to you. Let me ask you this solemn question. The Bible says that there come a day. As I mentioned in the beginning, the name that's above every name. A name that someday every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Don't wait too late, my friend. Don't wait till it's too late to cry out to Jesus to save you. Buy your heart right now. Ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart. If you really want to do something for Jesus on his birthday, first of all, give him your heart. And then as a Christian, saved man, give him your life. I'll tell you what, you'll never be sorry. You'll always be grateful that you presented your body a living sacrifice to the Lord this day on his birthday. Till next time, may the Lord bless you as 